It's actually here. <laughs> Starting a message series today on heroes. We're going to look at some heroes of the faith and scripture that you find. You know, the people you admire, your heroes, are the people that begin to make a portrait of the person that you want to become. This is really true of kids. You know, they, they, they're too extreme, you know, too an extreme. Uh, they, they have heroes and they want to be, they dress like them, they think like them. That's who they want to be. That's what they want to be when they grow up. And it's, it's still true of us. The people we really admire begin to shape our, our values and our perspective on life. I was at the U.S. Open of Surfing yesterday with my daughter and a friend. And we <clears throat> were there for really an amazing moment. I, I drug myself down there with them and um, parked a long way from the Huntington Beach Pier. Walked, took about 20 minutes to get there. I, actually, at one point, they said that all of the parking places were taken in that entire area. And so we went down there. We, we didn't know if we could get a seat in the stands. Way late for a seat in the stands. Uh, we were about an hour and a half after the, the tournament started that day. And <clears throat> we ended up finding a spot, standing on the sand. And it was, a, it was a great spot to be able to see the action because there were no umbrellas in your way and no people standing. We, we tried to find short people to stand behind. And so we were able to do that. And anyway, we're, we're there, and uh, the gals that were with me wanted to see Kelly Slater. That was one of their, their people that they knew about and wanted to watch him surf and just happened to line up. We missed a couple heats, but his heat was the heat after we got there. So he's battling another guy. Well, the horn sounds for his heat, and he takes off on the biggest wave that I remember seeing that day. And about 30, 45 seconds into his heat, he drops into the wave. He comes back to the top of the wave. He gets in the barrel. He's covered up for five or six seconds, gets shot out of the barrel, comes down, kicks up, comes back down the wave. The whole crowd's going, oh, that's amazing. Now, there, I mean, 70,000 people. There are people lined up all along the pier. There are people in the stands. There are people in front of the stands. And people are just Oh, that's amazing. And this guy is a hero. He, he really is. It was really amazing. I mean, the, the announcer's going, dude, that was epic. You know, that's, that's how surf announcers talk. Dude, that was epic. Wow, the slates. He did it, didn't he? Went out. So anyway, it was, it was kind of fun. And it was, it was a little gift from God for us because I, we didn't know if we'd see him or whatever. It was like watching a movie, but we're there. It actually happened. And I, I don't know really a whole lot about Kelly Slater, other than the fact that he's won the world championship nine times. He was the youngest and the oldest guy to win it. And he's, a, he's the hero of a lot of people. But for me, at 51, to make him my hero is really kind of a waste of time. <laughs> am, am I ever going to do that? Okay, when I go surfing, there's not a jet ski to pull me out there. I, I might actually be able to do it if I could get the jet ski to take me out there. But I, I just, to, to have him as a hero for me, it's a waste of time. Okay, but he is the hero of a lot of people. Who you choose as your hero 
as as the people that you really admire, they really they shape your their value your values. So in this series of messages, we're going to look at some heroes from Scripture that God has given us because He wants us to admire them. He wants us to imitate them, and the qualities and the things we learn about God and about how he wants us to respond in the midst of life, these are things that will really help us, very, very practical things that will help us as we set out to live our our daily lives. Uh, we, We will find how it is that we can cooperate with God to experience his power and blessing in our everyday lives as we look at these people. Romans 15, 4, great passage, says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance, just hanging in there. Hupomone is the Greek word. It means remaining under the pressure, not pulling out from under the pressure. And the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Those, those two things. So God gives us the scriptures, these stories that we might find hope in them. That's where the hope comes from, you notice in here, by hanging in there and the encouragement of the scriptures. We, we read the stories and we see what God has done in and through the lives of these men. And we're going to look at five men and a woman, uh, four men and a woman, or five men and a woman. Anyway, I can't remember, but there's mostly guys and one gal. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> um, but... What we're going to learn is how God works and how we, we ourselves can respond. Hebrews 6.12 says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what was promised. Uh, the people that we're going to look at, they're, they're people we can admire, we can imitate them, uh, we can we can learn from them how to inherit the promises of God ourselves. And that's through faith and patience you find in that, in that passage. But what we're going to see is we're going to see imperfect people in imperfect situations. Obeying God in small ways and in large ways. And as they do that, they experience his blessing. That's, that's the way it works. I don't know about you, but I, I would prefer the circumstance or situation in which I step out to follow God to be perfect. I want every everything all to line up, and then I'll step out. But no, these were imperfect people in imperfect situations, and that's how it is. In in your family, in here in church life, in um, at your work, you're you're going to keep finding yourself in situations that are far from perfect, and you're going to be hanging out with people who are far from perfect. But in the midst of that circumstance, God wants you to obey him. As you step out to obey, you find his blessing. You experience what life was made to be like by him. So today we're looking at Abraham and uh, Abraham's path to blessing, to God's blessing, is a faith that brings obedience. I want to stop and give you an overview of the backstory of Abraham before we keep moving on uh, here. Uh, actually, Ian, I really appreciate him drawing the pictures on the front of the 
the front of the, front of the program. Abraham, you can see him, he's marked there with the word Abraham. <laughs> so that helps. But he's the older man looking up at the stars. And the reason he is is because God, when he was 75 years old, he didn't have any children. God came to him and promised that it was through Abraham and his seed that he was going to uh, create a nation. And through this nation, he was going to bless them, and he wanted to get to the hearts of the rest of the world through this nation. That's always God's purpose. He always wants to use his people to get the attention and to grab the hearts of the people around them. And so that was, God came to him when he was 75 and gave him that promise. He said, said, your descendants will be as countless as the stars, as numerous as the sands in the desert. And so that's, that's the promise at 75. And then God comes to him later on, I think it's in Genesis 15, and he says, Abraham, what I want you to do is I want you to leave your homeland and I want you to trek across the desert to live in the land that I'm going to give your countless descendants. I'm going to give this land to your descendants. This is going to be, it's, it's a, it is an amazing place to live. And so Abraham gets that word from God. He treks across the desert. He was, for the rest of his life, at 75, he was Survivor Man. I don't know if you've ever seen Survivor Man or Man vs. Wild. He was on a permanent camping trip from that, from that day on, 75. God tells him to go across the desert, so he goes across the desert. He lands in this place that God is promising to give his, his uh, descendants. He never owns a piece of property there, only his burial spot. It's the only thing he ever owned. He lived in a tent for the rest of his life. That all happens. At 75, he treks on. And God, remember, God has promised him to give him a bunch of descendants. He has no children. He, he has his first child at 99, or 100, actually. It was 99 when God said, hang in there, I'm still going to do this. And then at 100, 25 years after the promise... He has the child. And Sarah, his wife, is 90 or 91 when she gives birth. Pretty amazing. He's waiting. Then God tests him by asking him to sacrifice his son. And we're going to look at that and what that means. When we hear that, we're like, whoa, no way. I don't get that. But there's, there's something God was doing and a story God was trying to used to get to our hearts. So this is the son through whom God has promised to bless Abraham and to raise up these descendants, and God asks him to give it up? What's going on there? So that's sort of the backstory. What you learn from Abraham is you see God's path to blessing. It's a faith that brings obedience. In fact, real faith it always shows up in obedience. It always shows up in doing what God wants us to do. Here's, here's a definition of faith. Faith is choosing to fear the Lord and put your trust in him. Fearing God, fearing the Lord, that's not a term we use much today. But what it means to fear the Lord is you respect him enough to stay inside his boundaries. And, and God, this is what it means to, to fear him. 
you respect him and you realize he's watching and you're going to stay inside the boundaries that he's created. He's given us his commands in scripture, his statutes, his principles. And what you find is if, if you live inside those boundaries, if you live in line with his commands, you experience God's blessing. If you bust through, that's when things go haywire and there's all kinds of trouble. God gives us the choice to stay in bounds or step out of bounds. And part of walking with him, if you haven't yet decided to commit your life to follow Christ, part of walking with God is learning his boundaries and finding his blessing inside and the rest of your life trying to figure out how to keep from busting through those boundaries. But that's real faith. You fear God, that's one side of faith. It's like a coin. It has two sides. Fear of the Lord is the front side. Trusting in God is the back side of the coin. I put my trust in him. And when you obey God, what happens is that limits your options. It it narrows the options of what you can do in a given situation. And so you have to trust God to come through. You really do have to trust him. Obedience to God is always an act of faith, always. Faith is a very practical part of everyday life as well. Uh, when you're relating to authority, God, God's place, Scripture says, all authority, where it is, legitimate authority, he's put it there, and God works through it. Uh, there's authority structure in the home, at work, in, in the government. God works through it. Uh, you find yourself in a circumstance under authority, and even if you have better ideas than they do, even if they're not listening to your ideas, even if you're trying to warn them and they keep going down the road they're going down, faith means, you know what, I speak my peace and then I pull together with the team to try to make this happen. Whether I think it's going to go down the tubes or not, I'm, I'm under this authority and I'm heading there. And you need faith to do that because you've got to trust God to work through even, even this authority. That seems to be a turkey. So you, you have to trust God. You have to, to rest in him. At work, you have an assignment. You have things you're trying to get done. Um, faith means you decide not to be a slacker when no one would notice. You're, you keep working hard. You keep after it. Because you realize God is going to reward your work whether anybody else notices at all. That's faith. That's, that's obedience that shows up in every... Day life with our words. Scripture says, try to build people up with your words. Don't tear them down. Boy, I want to tear people down sometimes. You you just want to, ah, they aren't doing what I want. They don't get it. What's the deal? I'm going to rip them apart. Scripture says, stay in bounds and, and build people up. And it requires faith to do that because if I don't let them have it, and tell them what I need and what they should do, then who's going who's to cover that for me? i got to straighten them out. Who's going to do it for me if I don't? And you need faith to keep doing things that will build up with our words. Um, who, who's going to give me what I need if I don't try to extract it from them with the words I use? God is, if you trust him. Keep walking faithfully with him. We do the same with our finances. We need faith. 
to keep your dealings above the tables, uh, to above the table, to refuse cheat or shortcuts of any kind. Um, that's out of bounds. So we stay in bounds, even though, wow, there's a really good cheat or shortcut here. I could, I could get ahead. We stay in bounds. And we have to trust God to do that. You really have to trust him. With decisions, following God puts all kinds of limits on your decisions. There are things you won't do for work because it's really gray or maybe just not honoring to God, and so it limits your work, the kind of work you do. I need a job. It limits the way, it, it, the way you do If you're a salesperson, you do it honestly if you do it unto God before him. That, that limits your ability to get the advantage, so you have to trust God. In dating... Following God, God says he wants us to connect with people who are committed to following Christ the way we are. So we can share our hearts with these people. So that we can be a team to accomplish God's purpose. That limits your options. You have to trust him. So this is a very practical matter, this matter of faith. Very practical. And and those are some everyday ways that it shows up in our life. Abraham's life shows us, in, in some big ways really, what this means. In some small ways and in some big ways, what this means to live this faith out and to trust him. First of all, we, we learn that Abraham followed the Lord without a map and without reservations. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as in Inheritance obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I'm taking my daughter back to school, or actually my, my wife is, and I'm taking her car the day after that. And we have, we have a map in our head. We've driven that road so many times, and we have reservations at a hotel. Abraham had neither. No GPS, no Google Maps with turn-by-turn directions. Um, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his grandson, who were heirs with him of the same promise For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. There are two things we learn about following God here. First of all, Abraham had no map. He had no knowledge of the geography. He he went at least 400 miles across the Arabian desert, a pathless desert. Even if there was a path, it would get swept away by the wind pretty quickly. So a pathless desert with no weapons. He had no way to defend himself. God told him to go. He takes off. And he goes across this desert. And um, he had to leave his cherished homeland, his family, his friends. And we look at that and we think, no way. Is that crazy? That is crazy. All the facts added up to staying put right where he was. All the facts added up to, I'm not moving an inch. There's just no way 
I'm going to do. If we calculated this move from a human basis, uh, we would stay home. We wouldn't take a step. But Abraham shows us that when God says to do something, you take that step. You obey. The first thing we learn is if you shrink back and live a measured and calculated life, you miss God's power and blessing. If you're frozen in place because you can't see where God is taking you, which God, this is how God leads. He shows you the next step, then the next step. He he doesn't give you a map from point A to point B. He says, take this step here. And follow me and trust him. If you wait for that map, you aren't going to move. If we're frozen in place, we miss the adventure that God has for us and the power and blessing that he wants to provide as we head out to do it. Second thing we learn is Abraham lived in tents. And God is going to ask you and I to sacrifice our comfort and convenience right now to fulfill his purpose and receive his promise. That's, that's the way God is. He keeps asking us to, to sacrifice our own comfort, our own convenience, to fulfill his purpose. And if we're going to receive his promise, that's what it takes. If you stay in your comfort zone, you will never see God's power and blessing. You just won't. This applies to relationships. You know, relationships, we want them to be Static. If we if you have a good day or you have a good moment in a relationship, you just could we just freeze this frame right here and just enjoy this for the rest of our lives? It's not the way it works. They're dynamic. There's change. There's things happening. There's things going on. And relationships require risk. Sometimes you have to serve. And it's awkward. You're not, you want to serve. You want to help them. But you're not quite sure what to say or how to go about it. And there's a little risk involved. And if you don't serve, you never find the blessing. If you don't love people that way, you don't find the blessing. Same, same with, you know, every relationship has tension and conflicts and struggles. Scripture says if you notice tension and it's an, there's an ongoing problem in the relationship, You need to pull aside and deal with it. If you don't take that risk, you don't find the blessing. This is is wired into life, the way God runs it. Same with our money. God wants us to give, to be givers of our money and our time to fulfill his purpose in the world. We hold on to it. We never experience the adventure of watching God provide for us and come through for us. Same with ministry. Boy, in ministry, what happens is you get in a ministry, you get in church life, or you serve in a ministry, and you keep getting stretched. You're asked to do things that are just uncomfortable. If you shrink back and just settle into your comfort zone, you don't experience God's power. Because why do you need it? You don't need it. You never experience God's blessing because... You aren't out on the edge where he wants you to be. Abraham was willing to step out, follow God, because the scripture here says he was looking for a home in heaven. 
that was his permanent home. And that's the truth. The only permanent home we can ever have is in heaven. It's the only one. A foundation that God lays. That, that city is the foundation that God lays. Um, you know, I, my, I lived in uh, Southgate. I grew up in Southgate, California. And my mom and dad lived in the same house for 42 years. We moved them out of the house one day. And I think it was the next day or so that the next family moved into the house. And I heard music coming from my bedroom. And it really impacted me. I thought, that is really weird. 42 years. That's gone. Somebody else is living there. He's in my, they're in my bedroom. <laughs> That's the way life is. It moves on. The houses that you occupy right now will be occupied by others someday. The paths that you walk will be walked by others. The books that you read will be read by others. The tables that you use and sit at will be sat at by others and used by others. The beds that you lie in will be slept in by others. I mean, it's just, that's what happens. That's how life is. The only thing that's permanent is eternity. And our hearts scream for that. We long for eternity. God's put it in our hearts to long for that. And Abraham believed it, stepped out on faith, and became a guy on a permanent camping trip because God told him to do it. Next, he trusted God in the face of impossible odds. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, as good as dead, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. The interesting thing, the way this is written, that verse 11 that I read first, Sarah's commended as well. She's commended for her faith. It's sort of their, their package deal. Abraham and Sarah, they had the faith, and God gave them a son. The funny thing is, when Sarah heard that she was going to have a son, she laughed. Because, you know, at, that's not a normal thing at 89 or 90 to have a child. So she laughed, and that's the way God is. God gives us space to have our little reaction, but he wants us to come back to trusting him. At 75, Abraham makes the trek across the desert. It was about 100 when Isaac was born. He was 100. And this was 25 years after the promise to be made into a great nation, his descendants. If you follow God, you're going to keep finding yourself in circumstances to do his purpose and to fulfill his promise. Uh, it's going to feel impossible. It's going to seem impossible to you. Faith keeps you focused on obedience and living right. When Abraham was 86, this is about 11 years after the original promise, he and Sarah decided, maybe God means that I'm going to have a son by sleeping with our Egyptian maid, Hagar. And that's how we're going to conceive. Maybe that's what God meant. And so that's what happens. They have a child through Hagar, their uh, maidservant, and Ishmael is born. That was out of bounds. It brought immediate trouble in their family. There was a lot of jealousy and trouble between Sarah and Hagar, even though it was Sarah's idea, 
she, she was jealous after it all came about. And Hagar leaves, has to leave. And God promises to watch over Hagar and to give descendants through Ishmael. But the trouble that was immediate in their family has continued for centuries because they stepped out of bounds. The sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac have been at war ever since. And there's trouble. And that's, that's a picture of how it is. We, we can go out of bounds. God gives us the free will to step on out of bounds. But boy, we find trouble there. Life is not what we want it to be. Uh, so faith keeps you in bounds. The next thing about Abraham, he proved willing to give up what he loved the most to God. This is an important test. This is the guy that God is going to build this nation on. And so he tests them. In Hebrews 11, 7 through 9, 17 through 19, he says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Now, God didn't tempt him to this. this. This was not a situation where God ever expected this crime to be carried out. It was a test the entire time. But what he did is he said, I want you to take your son Isaac, I want you to go up on the mountain, lay him on the altar, and sacrifice him to me. Abraham, you, you could read it, he thought, well, I'm a hundred and uh, probably older, I'm over a hundred. I've got one son that God has promised to make my descendants great through this son, and he wants me to sacrifice him. Well, he must, maybe he's going to raise him from the dead. I trust God. I know, I know that he will do what he's promised. I, I have confidence in him. So he goes up on the mountain, lays the son on the altar, and as they're going up, this picture always gets me, they're going up the mountain, and Isaac says, hey, Dad, where's the, where's the uh, offering? What are we going to offer? He goes, the Lord will provide. That's what Abraham tells him. And so as he's uh, raising the knife to sacrifice his son, there's a ram in the thicket. And God has an angel hold his arm and provides the, the ram <clears throat> as a sacrifice. That, that's a pretty amazing faith. faith. As you read that story, you think, no way could I ever do that. But it's a story that God, it's, it's actually a piece of history that God put there so that we can learn how God works. He's always he's going to keep putting you in situations, bringing things up, so you have to be willing to give him back what's the most important thing to you. God, God will do that. Um, Abraham followed because he knew God's power. He trusted him. He had seen his power at work through the birth of Isaac. He had had a child at 100. He knew God could do it, and so he trusted him. And, and this is the way God works in our lives, little small ways of obedience. We have to keep giving things up. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a relationship. Whatever it is, we have to keep giving it back. Maybe it's our, our finances, our money. Um, this is, if you want to see God work, start getting in line with God's teaching and principles on finances. 
I've seen this over and over and over again in our church life. Because what God wants you to do after you decide to follow him, uh, if you haven't yet decided, then as the offering comes by, we never expect you to give. Um, But those who have decided and decided, hey, I'm pitching in to make this happen here at Church in the Valley, um, you give. And when you give, when you're when you're learning to do that, it sort of feels like death. (laughs) You write the check. And you give it, and you're like, oh, wow, that, if I add this up, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand this. And I've watched as people choose to obey God over and over again. They, they give to fulfill his purposes. There is story after story of God's blessing in their lives. Because God, that's a promise, and that's a dynamic, uh, action-packed way to follow God. But we, we give it up. We give it up. That's When the offering comes by, that's what we're doing. We're giving a percentage as a representation of the whole. We're giving it up to God. And we're trusting Him. Starting this church, my, I had a dream to plant a church uh, to help people come to Christ and begin to grow up in Him. And then to start other churches and ministries that would do the same thing. And many, many times in that whole process, I would, I thought, this is, this is not going to fly. This thing's going to fall apart. So I kept coming to the point where I'd say, okay, God, if it, if it falls apart and dies, then I'll just find a job and I'll keep trying to share Christ with people and I'll keep trying to help them grow and I'll keep doing what you told me to do until you move me. And that's, that's the way it is. God, on the surface, God keeps bringing things up where you've got to let go of the things that are are dear to you. And then he can resurrect it. And then he can bring it back if he wants to. But he puts us in situation after situation where we have to trust him to do what we can't do. Abraham's path to God's blessing is the only road to take you there. It's the only way. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The pattern is faith brings obedience that opens the gates to God's blessing. We tend to think, Lord, give me the power and I'll do it. The power comes as you're pedaling in the right direction to do what God wants you to do. He kicks in the little power boost. To help you do it. We tend to think, God, give me the blessing and I'll obey. Just show me the blessing. Let me see it. But the way it works is you obey in small ways and large ways and the floodgates of blessing open up. If you disobey, you step out of the bounds or you just hold back things, then that kinks the hose to God's power and blessing. There's some next steps that you may want to take. As a result of this message, it's on the listening guide and there's some on the, the connection card. You could check those and put it in the offering and uh, we'll pray that God would give you the help to do that step, to take that step. But one of them would be to memorize Hebrews 6.12. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Might be a good passage to memorize to remind you to trust God and to do what he said. Or... Maybe there's something, you know there's a step that you need to take. 
step of obedience. I need, God, I need to do this. I know it. And you want to take the next step today of saying, I'm going to do what I know God wants me to do. I'm going to take that step. Uh, maybe you feel like you're in an impossible situation. You're buried under it. You can't see how God's going to work. You can't see how he's going to use it for anybody's good. God, I'm going to trust this to you. I'm going to, I'm going to rest it. I'm going to put it in your hands and rest. And then maybe God's challenged you to give up what you love the most. At least just give it back to him and trust it to him and not let it come between you and following him. So those are some steps you could take. Let's pray that God will give us the help to, to follow him in those. God, we thank you for the scriptures that you've given us that bring encouragement. As we see Abraham, that, that's, an, that's amazing what he was willing to do. God, our challenges, uh, depending on our level of maturity and our relationship with you, our walk with you, our challenges are going to be there, but you're going to be patient and grow us up as we, as we mature. But uh, they may not quite be that, that epic, that large. Um, but give us the faith to take those steps. Even though they're not as epic, they're just as real. So, Father, I pray that you'd help us to have the faith to do what you're telling us to do, to trust you with impossible situations. And.